0: 33. For everybody that knows the story, this is Jesus' uh, Sermon on the Mount, and uh, he has preached the greatest message that's ever been preached. I heard a man say one time, he said, I'm going to preach somebody's message today. And he read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and the altar was full of people, and he closed her out. He really, he, he, he read the Lord's message. He's He's preaching to a crowd on the side of the mountain that couldn't get to a temple. The lame couldn't get there. The outcasts couldn't get there. The lepers couldn't get there. And Jesus didn't call nobody. He got on the Sermon on the Mount on the plateau area of that hillside. It's a natural amphitheater. And began to preach and echo the truth that's in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. We're picking up in the middle of the sermon. I want you to read Read what it says in in chapter number 6. Now you said, Preacher, why aren't you stepping in the middle Of a message, well, my grand—my grandma always said, "Don't put more on your plate than you can get to." There ain't no way I can get to the whole thing, so I'm gonna try my best just to hit the highlights and deal with verse 33. Read with me, if you will, in the Matthew chapter number six and verse number one in your your King James Bible. Matthew chapter six, verse one: Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward, but when thou doest alms, let Not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. See, the Lord preached that before the country singer ever sung it. Somebody say amen. Amen. Don't act like he didn't know what I was talking about. That thine alms may be in secret, verse 4, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But he said this, But when thou, when thou prayest, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret, And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they speak that they may be heard, for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Here's the model prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts. I hope y'all catching this part. Forgive us our debts, comma, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now skip over to verse number 33. Here's our text verse today. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Hey, man, I'm going to get Brother Ken, if he will, pray for us. Brother Lord, Ken, you pray. Lord, God, we just got off the team to come to the church house. Lord, just up. Uh, you lift your name up. Lord, if you pray to you. Father, I pray, dear God, get somebody be here yeah, in the building today. today don't know you as their personal Savior. They be their day. You say, no not worry, God, they shall call the name of the Lord that shall be saved. Yes, Lord. How can they hear? God, yes, God. Help us Please today. help us. I pray, Lord, you touch a little bit. Feel our heart. Whoa, God, help us, Lord. They come in through their ears and bust their heart. Oh, yes. Follow with uh, their open Oh, we just uh, pray you help them preach this morning. Give me liberty, Lord. Open the air up a little bit, Lord. Get it out. Whoa, All help, pray, Lord.
1: Yes, Lord. Him up,
0: get him Hey, Amen, you can be seated. For Lord to help me for a little while this morning, on continue the series of messages the Lord's laid upon our heart. I thought I was going to be doing them on Wednesday. <laughs> it seems like the Lord had me preach last Sunday on keeping the devil out of your kitchen. For Lord to help me today, I want to preach on this thought, how to keep the padlock on your wedlock. Say, preacher, how to keep the padlock on your wedlock. Now, Jared's going over there to the building. He's going to bring back a padlock. I know everybody here knows what a padlock is. But I thought about when I, when I brought those knives in here and preached last Sunday on how the devil loves to use the instruments that will harm you. He'll use the sharpest knife in the kitchen to cut you. He'll use the poison ingredients in the kitchen uh, to destroy your food and, and try to contaminate your home, destroy your family, destroy your relationship with the Lord. I believe there's, knowing that he's a thief, knowing that he is a robber, what do we put put padlocks on? We think about the management of the padlock. We use a padlock to keep things safe, to guard things that we don't want the thieves to get a hold of. Everybody say amen right there. You say, preacher, and listen, it is up to you to make sure that you hold the key to that padlock or the combination to that padlock so that nothing can get in unless you let it in. Now, there's got to be maintenance pulled. Let me have that thing here. There's got to be maintenance pulled on this padlock. This padlock right here says U.S. military. Don't worry about where I got it from. Somebody say Amen. When you NCOs, you kind of get some things. I just can't, whatever. This one right here says US, you're not posted. These keys are not supposed to be copied at your local uh, hardware store. This is supposed to be a unique key, and I, I hold the key. I hold the combination. I, the reason I do, I don't leave that key for anybody to see. I don't write that combination on billboards so everybody can have it. The reason is I want to make sure what's inside, what's being protected, what's being secured by the padlock, not anybody can get in there and mess it up. And then, then not only that, we have to pull maintenance on this lock. I, I believe if everybody's been had padlocks in your life, you've had some that froze up on you. You gotta keep them warm. Some boy f I'm wanting to go ahead and preach. Amen. You gotta keep them oiled up. That's a picture of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You gotta make sure that, that they work properly, so you gotta pull maintenance on it regularly. Hey Amen, you gotta manage where the key's at. You thank God for a padlock. Now I'm preaching today and I've read the text in the, in the, in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter six. We're, we're looking at the verse where the Bible says, he says to seek ye first the kingdom of God. Preacher, how can I keep the padlock on my will? How can I make sure that I guard my marriage? How can I guard my relationship with the church? How can I guard that that is precious, uh, my relationship to my children, my family? How how can I uh, keep that spiritual? Because you know the Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 5, he uses the marriage of a man... Amen. I need some amens. I really don't want to get hung up on this gender neutrality. Amen. On a man and a woman. Somebody help me. Amen. Amen. God established it with a man and a woman. Preach on, preacher. Amen i feel a little bit of black powder right now. Hallelujah, Amen. But a man and a woman, when they join together, God established that marriage. He established that union. That union. He. He is a, that. That establishment was used in Ephesians five. The intimacy of that relationship. The union of that relationship. The personal, being personal. The intimacy of that relationship. God uses it to picture the sinner and him being married together. A, a relationship. It's an intimate relationship. It's a special, it's a personal relationship. Actually glad you've been married on the Lord. James got a hold of it, the half brother of the Lord and he said, I'm looking at brethren, I'm looking at people who saved and they are adulterers and adulter. here's what he's saying. He said, you're running around on the Lord. You're cheating on God. You're not keeping your marriage sacred. You not guarding your marriage. You're not guarding that spiritual relationship. And so when I speak of keep the uh, padlock on your wedlock, there's a twofold application. There is a spiritual application that is our relationship with God. But then there is that reality of a real application. Your marriage, God help us to realize that the devil wants to destroy every home and if he can wreck every home, he'll wreck every church because every church is made up of God people, amen, and God help us to realize he had set that home, amen, for the population of this world that he's made and we are his premier creation, amen. Keep a padlock on your wedlock. You say, preacher, how do we do that? Well, I wanna get to my text, but I feel like to make sure everybody, I don't know where we're at on our Bible reading, I hope you're taking the preacher's advice. I hope everybody's reading three chapters a day. I hope you're at least getting three chapters a day. You'll get the Bible read in a year and it'll be a blessing. These Christians have been saved for 50 years, never read the Bible through. It'll be a blessing. They've read 1,400 novels, but you can't find many that read the Bible. Somebody help me. Amen. They watch Netflix series. Hey, it's hard to find somebody that digs in the word. And with our help cometh from the Lord. Our help cometh from his word. Amen. I want to make sure we're all on the same page. I, I want us to look at some things we can do to keep the padlock on our wedlock. Spiritual relationship with the Lord. Literal relationship with your spouse. Amen. Notice what the Bible says. Notice the Bible, let's, let's walk down until we get to just these first verses that we read. Notice the Bible tells us in the book of Matthew in chapter number 6, Jesus is warning us of some things. There is a heinous trend that, that Jesus is condemning. It was going on in that day, it's going on in our day. There is a soul, showmanship to religion. Y'all notice there wasn't no smoke machines up here. <laughs> I feel like running a lap, right there. Somebody help me. Hey amen. Hey, man. hey, it wasn't, amen, hey, we, we didn't feel like we was in the bar room. Right. Hey, amen, I don't need the bar room. I get to hearing that beat and that, I get myself back at the VIP lounge and that ain't a good place to be. I'm glad I've been saved, hey, amen. Woo, hey, amen, boy I feel like just running cause he saved me out of that, hallelujah. God, Jesus in the flesh, God in the flesh is is starting out His ministry. He's establishing some truths. He's grabbing a hold of that Old Testament, get, installing some new things. He's letting us see it's not just the outward things you need to be concerned with. It's the inward things. But when he gets to chapter 6, he's going to be dealing with what I call sanctimonious religion. Y'all know some people like that. Hey, man, the showmanship. It's all about a religious show. It's about a religion. Hey Amen. God help us. Hallelujah. Oh yes, that's exactly right. The word there, sanctimonious, means this. It means hypocritical. It means pharisaical. It means insincere. it means stuffy, it means smug, it means self-satisfying carries a high, gives an attitude of being holier than thou I just want to say this, if it wasn't for grace we'd all be in hell, if it wasn't for grace we'd all be quit church, y'all might as well say amen, ain't nobody in here above nothing, if it wasn't for Jesus we'd all deserve to be in hell anyway, but if it wasn't for Jesus we wouldn't be going to heaven, but ain't you glad that God saved us and sealed us and sanctified us, amen Hey Amen, hallelujah. I'm about to have a fit on Sunday morning. This little, the, he uses this word. You say, preacher, why do you say that? Because Jesus uses this word. I, I, I was amazed. I, I never noticed this. I taught the Sermon on the Mount in Bible college. I know for five years. I never saw what I'm fixing to share with you. I never saw this. I never noticed that Jesus uses this word hypocrite 17 times in the New Testament. Jesus uses this word hypocrite. He uses this word hypocrite Remember, hypocrite, sanctimonious, holier than now, better than everybody. I got my eyes dotted and you crossed and you hadn't. And no, they don't, they're not admitting. They eat up from the foot to the floor. Amen. They eat up everywhere on everything else. Just because you got a few things right don't mean you can look down at everybody else. Somebody say Amen. Amen. Well, now, I know we, I'm preaching to the choir in here, but I want to make sure if there's any any kind of thing, any weeds growing up, I want to make sure we put some of that stuff that prevents the weeds. Amen. Y'all with me? Say amen. And so he uses this word hypocrite three times. He's chapter, he uses it in chapter 6, verse 2. He uses it in verse 5. And he uses it in verse number 16. Jesus starts out. He starts out in this third chapter in the middle of this message where we're picking up, and he's dealing with some folks who are outwardly right but inwardly wicked. Are y'all with me? The word there, hypocrite" also carries this idea, means to stage act. I, I don't know if you've ever been to a play. Uh, um, most of you have. If not, you've seen uh, movies or TV shows. And uh, man, I used to, I used to love Leave It to Beaver and I know y'all think I'm crazy, but I used to love Leave it to Beaver. That's Andy Griffith show. Hey, man. It, it'd be spiritual enlightenment for some people to watch Andy Griffith. Hey, man. It'd do you some good. Hey, man, to probably watch that. Hey, it might help you. It might get some spiritual instruction. But, but I, I, will say, I will say this, brother. I, I noticed that they, they're playing a part. I, that's not really who they are. They are actually playing a part. In other words, they're stage acting. Man, I don't want to go to church being stage acted. I'm not. I'm not putting on. I'm not entertaining nobody. Hey, man, I, I, I'm excited about being saved. I want you to be excited. But if you ain't gonna be as excited as I am, don't get mad at me because I'm excited. Hey, man, I don't think nobody in here like that. But I just want to make sure. Hey, man. Hey, man. Jesus deals that he calls them hypocrites. He he says, uh, don't try to stage act. Don't try to impress. He, he, he uses that word in verse two, five, and sixteen. But he's dealing, what's he dealing with, preacher? Well, he's dealing with this. He'll even do it again in Matthew 23. He calls them a widened sepulcher. In other words, they look good on the outside, but they're full of dead bones on the inside. There's a lot of folks, they, they say they're Christian, but man, I'm telling you what, it'll show up on them down the road. Amen. He's dealing, with this, he's dealing with this outward showmanship. And verse two, he's talking about giving. He said, listen, don't give and blow the trumpet so everybody sees. What you're putting in, Amen. Don't don't do that. He's dealing with that showmanship, that sanctimonious, that that kind of attitude, and he deals with it about fasting. He said, "Listen, when you fast, he said, don't put sackcloth on your head. Don't promote some supposed humility. Just do it in secret, where nobody don't know, but between you and God. Amen. Hallelujah. I ain't talking about this uh, this kind of diet that's going around either. I'm talking about a, a fasting that is separating from the flesh." so that you can get help on the spirit. You see, praying, praying, it's tapping in, amen, and talking to God and tapping into the blessings that God has provided for you. Fasting, amen, let me say it like this. Praying fuels your faith and fasting fuels your prayer. Amen, amen, just try it out. Amen. In our day, we think about feasting, not fasting. Hallelujah! Preach on, preacher. Amen. Hallelujah. That's right, ain't it? Amen. Thank God. I don't want to get on John the Baptist; I'll get hung up again. But I will say this: when he was asked to the local uh, church, uh, to, to the local preacher fellowship, and they said, "Hey, we got a smorgasbord," he said, "Don't worry about it. I got my, my locusts and my honey with me already." Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hey, he is, he's dealing with this with this showmanship. But here. what he's doing. He's dealing with something that's creeping in to the circles of believers and it's all over the circle of believers now. But I'm going to tell you what he commends. He condemns that. He commends this. Look at verse 6. He uses this word. I'm trying to get to verse 33. He uses this word, secret. Am I right? Thy Father which seeth in secret. He said when you pray, shut The door. See, God is in the secret place. He's in those times when nobody ain't seeing and nobody's not around. Look at look at verse number 18. He 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 does it again in verse number 18. He said, When you fast, he said, Don't appear in the men to fast. Thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And so, so here's, here's what I'm saying. There is a repetition-driven religion. That's that that gives men glory. That's that they do things to be seen of men. There is a reward-defrauding religion. That is that, that that you get your glory here and you don't get it later. But re, here's the reality of that kind of religion. It's giving but no giving, praying but no praying, serving but not serving. And Jesus said, if you want to. Serve me you got to serve me in spirit and in truth you got to be right in the secret as well as when you're in the public eye here you say preacher what are you saying because friend listen there is things that you've got to do in secret when nobody ain't around if you're going to keep the padlock on your wedlock Can we get to verse number 33 and i want to I get into the message notice what the bible says The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I won't deal with the verb tenses and the wordage. I won't deal with the pictures that the, that, that the Greek words portray. I'm just going to hit the highlights. I want you to notice with me what he said in verse number 33. He said the first thing you have got to do if you want to be the, if you want to keep that relationship with the Lord where it needs to be, and if you want to keep your relationship with your spouse where it needs to be, if you want to be the kind of dad, the mama, the you want to be the kind of children that God will say, "Man, that's my child." That those are my kind of people. And let me say this, your relationship to your spouse, your relationship to your Savior, your relationship to the scriptures, your relationship to the sanctuary are intimate, they are personal, and they ought to be something that you're dedicated to, you're wedded to. Amen. Amen. Y'all have heard me say this a bunch. Uh, church hoppers are kind of like bed hoppers. Somebody say amen. We ought to be di- dialed into the local church. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't leave. When doctrine gets crazy, get out of there. Amen. But I'm saying if the doctrine's right and the worship's right and the shouting's right, amen, come to church, find you a place. Amen. I used to tell my grandma, my grandma's in heaven so I can say this now. Amen. That church was started by uh, Blackwell. He was a circuit riding preacher. His name was Bl- Brother Blackwell. And I've got all of his lineage. So I found out later Miss Amy, we're, we're related to him. Miss Wanda found out we was related to him. And he started Missionary Baptist Church in Green Creek. Man, it was on fire at one time. It was doing soul winning. It was planting other church. I didn't realize this, but Green Creek Missionary Church started out of Green Creek that time, Missionary Church. And it was a way that we could reach other people in the community. I, man, there was so many things I found out. My grandpa's there. My great grandpa there. I got four grandpas, great, great, great grandpa. He's over yonder on the Giles side. The great, 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 great grandpa. I mean, they all over. I mean, I, I mean, I said, Grandma, hey man, if that man ain't feeding you, he was. And, and anybody that's been there after this can tell you he switched Bibles. Somebody got to, to preach it out of a different Bible. I said, Grandma, you'd be better off to get the casket out of the ground and get somewhere where God's said, Hey, y'all, listen, to this preacher, because Jesus. Jesus is alive, and if we want to worship him, we've got to worship him in spirit and in truth. you got to have the Holy Ghost present, and there's got to be truth priests. Everybody with me? I want to make sure the padlocks stay old up. I want to make sure the padlocks stay sheltered. I want to make sure that the padlocks stay secure. I want to make sure that we take these keys, this combination and make sure it's dialed down so the thief, the devil, the world cannot mess up your wedding, can't mess up your relationship with the church, can't mess up your relationship one with another. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Look at verse 33. But seek ye first. so preacher, what's the first combination? What's the first, what's the first little divot? If you was looking here, this padlock is made with a tumbler system. They did all kind of change in the 1900s. But if you take this key in here, and I hate to tell you how I know this, but if you needed to pick it, Randy, go to Randy's house. He's got some pickers. Say amen, Scott. and Put one right there at the bottom and put one there at the top and hit them tumblers and it'll come open. But this one's a little bit, it's supposed to be pick proof. See all them little divots. There's like little codes. It's like a combination. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Did y'all say? They. In other words, before that thing is allowed to be entered into, there's there. All of those are put in there so that only the right key, only the right person can access it. Church, what I'm saying is, don't let. Oh man, don't listen to Doctor Phil for marital counseling. Amen. Don't just get in. Oh, Lord, I didn't know I was going to get here. Don't listen to the TV to be your relationship restorer. Get to the house of God. Dig in the Bible. And the first thing, the first notch on the key, the first, hey, man, combination number is seeking the Lord first. Keep the Savior first. You got to keep it first in your relationship with Him, in your relationship with the church, in your relationship with each other, in your relationship with your children. Keep the Savior first. We're told, Jesus tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Notice what the Bible says. Let me just deal with this just for a moment. Notice he said, first of all, the object of the seeking, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, we must mind heaven Amen. Keep our mind on heavenly things. Amen. Heaven is the end of our our goal. Holiness is the way we live on the way to heaven. And so we keep glory out yonder. Amen. And keep the grace of God to live holy right here. We ought to try to live holy. We ought to want to live holy. We ought to desire to live holy. In other words here's what the Bible's saying. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. The object is heaven. The object is living for God. Oh God, heaven's getting big. Notice Notice the Bible says in our text the way the words are. It points. It paints the picture of aiming at the target. In other words, if you don't aim, you're not going to hit the target. Hey man, hey man, preacher. How somebody said, well, preacher, you know, I just don't know. I I I just go wherever God leads me. Well, you got to aim at something. You're to aim at the church you're going to go to. You're to aim at key, aim at the kingdom of heaven. If you don't, you're not. If without aiming, you're going to miss the target. Give diligence. So the first is the object of the seeking: the kingdom and righteousness. Seek the glory of God. Seek the honor of God. Amen. Prefer heavenly blessings over worldly treasures. And secondly, not only the object of seeking, but the order of it. Seek first. Seek first. Let every other concern fall to the wayside. Let everything else be subordinate to seeking God. Seek Him first in the first days of your life. As you're a young person, seek God. Pray. Get in your Bible. Grant, you ought to be praying and reading your Bible every day. Hey, all you girls, you ought to read your Bible every day. You ought to seek God's faith. Seek it in your early days. But not just in your early days. Every day. Seek Him first every day. In the morning of your youth but in the morning of your life amen wisdom should be sought early begin on amen early days seek him every day walk every day live every day seek him first he is the first Hey, man! glory to God and let him that is first have the first part of your day now I remember I used to work at UPS I'd get up about 3 o'clock in the morning and uh, unless it was Christmas then we get up about 1 or 2 and I'd leave church, and it'd be 10 o'clock. Hey, man, if we had one of them shouting services at night, hey, man, we might leave at 10.30. Hey, I'd get home, finally wind down. Hey, man, from running 14 laps, hallelujah. Hey man, I remember this one time. I'm serious. I felt like I run so much high. I felt like I was in the Boston Marathon. Hallelujah. I finally got I had to get one of the boys to drive me home. I was about, I just about got out of the car, walked into the house, laid down, alarm went off, got back up. And brother Charles, it was the right day. Hey, hey man, I wished I'd have missed it and been late to work. I got up and I was about half asleep, ran off in the median two or three times. I'm trying to get to work. I finally get to work. And I thought to myself, my goodness, I didn't even take time to read my Bible. Hey man, I told the boss man, I said, boss man, if you'll give me five minutes and watch my area, I'll be in better shape when I get back. I went up there, crawled on that old floor. Hey man, there's one side over there that was, where people changed, I crawled on that old floor, hallelujah, and begged God. I said, God, I, I don't, if you'll forgive me, I, wanna, I just want to spend time with you just for a few minutes. Uh, man, I got down there, I felt like I'd been rejuvenated. Uh, on the way home, I was memorizing uh, in Exodus chapter number 20, verse 3 through 17. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I just remember that, and uh, a cop got behind me, and I, I pulled over, amen, because I was swerving. I was excited about reading, uh, and, and he pulled me over, and I got out, I said, I Jumped out of the car. I said, I don't got a gun, but I got to show you something. Come over here. And I said, look right here. Boy, that's good right there. Hey, man, look at that. He said, my God, boy, that's a good time and a wrong time to be memorizing Scripture. Get in the car and go down the road. I said, if you don't mind, I'm going to take a lap right quick. And I run around my car. I said, glory to God. You say, preacher, I'm telling you, they think I was nuts. One time I had an old colt. Brother Randy remembers this. You shifted in low range and high range. Remember that? Had a fender. That was great. Uh, I think it was gold Michelle got spray paint because she was embarrassed painted that gold fender white Y'all young people wouldn't drive nothing like that now. Hey man, but man, I felt like I was in a hot rod. I'd shift that thing, get it in four gear, then I'd pull it down in, in that high range. She'd start shifting again. Hey, man. Didn't have a radio, but boy, that thing was full of the Holy Ghost. It rains on the inside. I'd try to turn the windshield, man. Thank God. There ain't nothing like seeking God first. If you'll seek him in the morning, hey, when you feel tired and wore out and fleshly, just come on to church. Just get in your Bible. Just put him first. It'll transform your life. Amen. I remember when I was memorizing scripture, I'd think, man, I can't memorize scripture. I can't, there ain't no way I can memorize scripture. But God put it in my heart. And I started realizing if I write them down on a little index card, my, my radio would not working. See, the problem is today, we've got to have noise going all the time. Y'all know I'm right. You've got to have noise going all the time. I mean, the average kid can't even do their homework without having a TV going. Somebody's helping me. Hey, man, they got earbuds in their ear, walking down the road, having a conversation. My Lord have mercy. I'm going to tell you, hey, man, I don't want to get off on that. But let me just say, they ought to have a conversation with your children. They ought not to have 14 iPads, three iPhones, earphones. Hey, man, sitting at the table and you try... Woo! Preach on, preacher. Amen. I don't seek first the kingdom of God. Get him on your heart. Start your morning with blessings of heaven on your heart. Now, if you want to hear something, tap in the glory. That'll mean more than earbuds and iHeartRadio. Amen. And 98 point, and if somebody say amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you, say preacher, why? Because if you seek him first, he'll keep, he'll keep that. Man, I want to get there in a minute. But he'll keep that fire of love burning. Oh, seek the Lord first. See, he told that church at Ephesus. Here's what he told that church at Ephesus. He said, of all the things you've done right, he said, you've left your first love. He, 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 he warned us in the oh in the latter times before the Lord comes back in the same context and the same message when He's talking about the last days are going to be like Noah's days in that same context. Amen. Of dealing with that showmanship religion instead of secret religion. Amen. If you'll do it secretly, it'll show up on the outside. Amen. In that same context, Jesus is dealing with that fact, and we need to make sure that we put him verse. Amen. And emphasizing that when the, the love of many will wax cold. And he's still with that church at Ephesus and he said, there's one thing I got against you. I mean, you got your doctrine right. You won't stand that crowd to come in. That's bringing false doctrine, but you, boy, I'm telling you, your love's got cold. Your love has got cold. And this is a good church. This is not just any church. Paul, the apostle, planted the church at Ephesus. Timothy pastored the church at Ephesus. John, hey man, hallelujah, the one that took care of Mary, remember at the cross Jesus said woman behold thy son son behold thy are, are y'all with me that Mary the mother of Jesus amen that from her womb came the living God of glory into this world she was a member of that church amen John was a member of that church amen Paul of God they said great church the revelators a member of that church this ain't just any church this is a good church and yet this church had to work on making sure that stayed oiled up and it stayed sheltered and the Rock stayed closed when it come to seeking God first, because they put other things and the love of the world have become more important than the love of God. Are y'all with me today? Number one, keep, keep the Savior first. Number two, keep spite forgiving. Notice in our text, look in verse number thirteen, our verse twelve. Forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Now, if you look it up and the verbiage and and how the structure of the sentence is, let me just say it in a nutshell. It carries the idea, as I have been forgiven, so am I a forgiver. In other words, if I've been forgiven of $500, so will I give $500. Y'all remember the text when he forgave over talking about the talents. And he said he forgave that man of his debt and he went out and grabbed people that owed him less money than what he was just forgave of and God ended up judging. Are are y'all with me? That's the idea in our model prayer. If we have been forgiven, then we should forgive others. You say, preacher, I've got a grudge and I'm gonna hold on to it and they done me wrong and you don't know what they done and how they done it I'm just telling you right now if you want to keep the padlock on your headlock, hey man, spiritual, physical, literal, if you want to make sure that thing is oiled up and sheltered and protected, hey Amen. the second notch is you got to keep those spikes forgiven, you got to keep things forgiven, I, I've watched women and men, they come in for counseling and they'll say preacher and I don't know why it is and, and I'm not hard on you ladies because we we remember stuff too. But I have watched ladies recall things from 15 years ago. I'm thinking myself, I don't even, I've slept a bunch since then. I don't remember. And then I've seen men come in and recall things up. Hey, man, Most of us recall things up from two days ago. But anyway, we call things up. If we forgave them, on Brother Linder, then we shouldn't bring them up no more. You see, we we might not forget, but God's sovereignty is not knowing everything. Sovereignty is knowing everything and choosing what not to remember to choose and what to take out and put behind your back. Well we can't do that. We're not sovereign. We're fleshly. So our part in that, amen, is when we forgive, we put it behind us never to bring it up again. Is everybody with me? How many if y'all have been married a while, y'all young people don't know what I'm talking about. But hey but but if you've been married for about ten years, you understand what I'm fixing to say. How many times have you brought up stuff that if you wouldn't have brought it up, you wouldn't have got mad and fussed and hollered and screamed? Somebody say amen well preacher we don't raise our voice well I need to take my picture with you if you don't mind hey man I'd love to know somebody hallelujah hey man keep spite forgiven keep those wrongs forgiven he says forgive as we forgive our debtors in other words keep short accounts with the sovereign hey man keep short accounts make sure you don't let too many minutes go by when you've done something against the Lord that you don't confess your sin one to another confess your faults and get forgiveness of it when you sin against your spouse. Confess your faults one to another. Amen. Forgive one another. Get right with one another. I'm glad since I got saved, I've got a song in my heart. I've got satisfaction from the Christ. I've got a supporter in Christ. I've got a sanctuary where I can meet with Christ. I'm glad he took me from the slot to the hard rock. Amen. I'm glad God took me from the gutter to the uppermost. Amen. Only God can take me from the mire and put me in the choir. Only God can make me a, a take me from a drug head and a drunkard and let me get in a, in, a, in a pulpit and be a preacher. I say hallelujah. Only God could do that. And if he forgave me of all that, how can I hold anything against somebody else? Amen. Keep, keep short account with your Savior keep short accounts with saints Here, here's, here's what the Bible says man it's coming so quick I feel like my words just learned Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 here's what the Bible says put on therefore as the elect of God holy and beloved bows of mercy listen to this being kind, humbleness of mind, meekness long suffering here's what the Bible says about your local church forbear one another forgive one another if any man have a quarrel against any even as Christ forgave you so also do ye and above all these, above all that that's already been said, humbleness, amen. Humility, meekness, long suffering, forgiveness. Above all of that, on top of it, capping it off, amen. The cherry on the top is put on charity. It's the bond of perfectness. Now, what that means is, it's a, it's a medical term. It's a it's a term that deals with ligaments connecting muscles to bones. In other words, you can't move. What holds the muscles and legs together, amen, those ligaments, those tendons that hold everything together, keeps everything from just flopping around. He said that's in the body of Christ. Love works like that. You, to what holds a church together is loving one another. I'm going to tell you this, if you'll love each other like you ought to love each other, if we'll love each other like we should love each other, amen, we'll look past that thing that we don't agree with. We'll look beyond that stuff that we can't get a hold of and just keep on serving God. Somebody say amen. Keep short accounts. Keep short accounts with the sovereign. Keep short accounts with the saints. Keep short accounts with sinners. This to what the Bible says, First Peter chapter number two, verse twenty-one. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also has suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. But when he suffered, he threatened not. Hey, man! But committed himself unto him that judges righteously, by whose stripes we are healed. When he was buffeted, he didn't buffet back. When he suffered, he didn't make them suffer. He could have let one little air bubble go to their heart, one little air bubble go to their brain. And- And they'd have been brain dead or body dead. And he didn't do it. He gave the man the strength to hit him in the face. He gave the man the strength to nail the nails in his hand. Why would he do something like that? Because he loves you. And he forgives sinners. And they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. For they know not. here's what happens. We'll go knock on the door. Hey. I'd love for you to come down there to that church. Man, I ain't going down there. That preacher's crazy. He slobbers word. I remember one of them came one time, and it was one of them own services, and it was right here. And I, I don't know what it was. I guess I had a lot of water to drink. It looked like a shower's of blessings on the front row. <laughs> I'm serious, brother. Oh, man. Yeah, thank God our, our visitors are three rows back today. They, but, I mean, it, it, was, it was on that day. Y'all know what I'm saying. And, man, he left out there. He said, preacher... I sure did enjoy that message. Amen. I said, Well, thank God. I'm glad I'm glad you did. Come back. And he did. Amen. Hey, thank God for the blessings I got. Don't get forbear one another. Forgive one another. Amen. And then, and then, hey, hallelujah. We are on the same token. We had somebody come in there, and he was lost and he was mad. He was shooting me birds while I was preaching. He was making face when, when I was doing the invitation. I didn't get mad at him. You know why? I was wicked and lost just like he was. Hey, man, it wasn't long that old boy got saved. Hey, hey, church, what I'm saying, keep short accounts with saints. Keep short accounts with sinners. Don't hold up, I've got to bank this long on how you done me wrong. Why don't you forgive like you've been forgiven, amen? If you're going to keep the padlock on your wedlock, you're going to have to keep short accounts with your saints, with short accounts with sinners, short accounts with the sovereign, but you're going to have to keep short accounts with your spouse. Y'all listen to me Here's what Ephesians 4 says. He's leading up to that text where he's going to use the picture of Christ being the groom, the church being the bride. As Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, so should husbands love their wives. He's getting to that text. And before he gets there, he pauses, almost like he pauses, he's dealing with corrupt communication he's dealing with folks laying off the old coat and putting on the new coat he's dealing with folks laying aside things that were fleshly and worldly he's dealing with folks uh, he's going to be dealing with folks grieving the spirit but notice what he says in Ephesians 4:32 here's what he says he says be kind one to another tender hearted forgiving one another even as god for christ's sake hath forgiven you Church, what I'm saying is, and I do and I'm, I'm need to move on, but what I'm saying is I've never met a perfect wife in my whole life. I sure never met a perfect husband in my entire life. But I have met a perfect man. And I met him on the right side of the altar one day on a dirt road. And boy, he's been the best friend I've ever had. When you wake up, and that woman beside you is gray-haired. And uh, my, my papa said, he said about mama, he said, she's prettier now than she's ever been. I mean, he, he doesn't live with her for 60 years. And when you look over at that gray-headed man or that gray-headed woman and you woke up and you've had to sleep in because you, you hurt in places you didn't know you existed. all God's older people said, amen. You want to look over at your best friend, right? You want to look over at that one that you that forgave you and was tenderhearted and was kind and compassionate. And when you when you blew up and you didn't have no right to, they forgave you. And when you blew up, they forgave you. Are y'all with me today? It, it, God help us! Don't don't allow the devil to steal the key. Don't allow that. You got to keep short accounts. You got to keep that stuff forgiven. If not, he's going to pick your lock. Are you listening? He'll steal what you have. He'll ruin you. He'll take every little hard, little bitter comment. He'll take all them smart alec. Amen. And if you don't watch it, you won't remember all the blessings they've been to you over your life. You won't remember the twenty years of good things they've done. You won't remember the cars. You won't remember the vacations. You won't remember the just the. Uh, I remember one time thank God Now listen, if you do this, man, make sure it's lipstick they don't use. But thank God I took lipstick one day and I put on her mirror, I love you. I thought it was something little. I had to go to work early. Man, it touched her heart so much and I appreciate the Lord for reminding me in front of y'all I'm gonna do it again. Amen. I I, I remember as times she'd pack me some lunch and she'd have a little note in there. Man, I'm telling you, there ain't nothing like, there ain't nothing like loving and serving God with a, I hope you know what it means to be married to somebody you love and be tender hearted keep short account don't hold everything against them say amen you're going to, have to keep short accounts with yourself there's some people that I know that are guilt ridden But you, you, you can't be the man you need to be if you're always condemning yourself I'm going to tell you what the Bible says Romans 8 1 starts out no condemnation ends up no separation in that chapter Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. How did it start out? I appreciate you asking me. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Is there some condemnation? No, there is therefore now no condemnation. Oh, my Philippians 3 says, I count myself not to apprehend it, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark. Psalm 32 says, I acknowledge my sin. I admit my guilty. my iniquity, Which I have hid. I said, I confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest me. And he paused and said, Selah. What that meant was, I don't know how you like it, but I hope you like your apples. Amen. He said, I'm going to have myself a worship time. It's a time of pause recess. Let's worship God because I've been forgiven. Amen. God forgave you of all that guilt. Quit holding it and say, you can't fellowship with the Lord like that. Amen. So every, you said, preacher, I need to forgive. So you need to seek God first. You need to make sure you keep short accounts. Number three, you need to keep the squandered past mistakes. You need to keep the squandered the past failures. You need to keep the squandered the past mishaps in your life. You need to keep them forgotten. What's the, what's, what did the, what the Lord show us in Hosea 3? when Gomer run around on her husband and Gomer gave him two kids that wouldn't one they didn't know if it was his or not because she had been with other men, and the other one they knew wasn't his, "Amen. And he said, "Go yet love a woman beloved of her friend." And, and he went and bought her off the slavery block. After she'd done run around, after she'd done been fleshly wore out, after she'd done been, her face was washed out. She was no longer able to sell herself. She was going to be sold as a slave. Nobody wanted her no more and the Lord said, I want you to go buy her and I'm going to show the world what I, how I love. I love them that are unlovable. I love them that are Hey, forget- man, That everybody else has gave up on. I love them when nobody and show them amen he showed us through Hosea's relationship with his wife amen that nothing can separate us from the love of God hallelujah he even tells us in Hebrews chapter number 10 verse 17 their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more you say preacher what else I need to do keep the squander, keep the mistakes keep them forgotten next thing you need to do is keep the sensuality keep the sensitivity Keep that special fire. Hey, man, stoked in your life. You said, "Preacher, what are you saying? Well, how do we keep the... When I was thinking about how to keep the padlock on your wedlock, I got to realize in Augusta, Georgia, there's a bridge like this. In, Florida, in California, there's a bridge like this. But the most famous bridge there is is in France. I've never been there, but I've seen pictures of it. And uh, it's, it's a bridge... That's got locks on it, and it'll say Michelle and Shane forever, and they they put the lock on that chain on that bridge, and I mean thousands upon. The, you can go look it up; it's amazing. Ponte de I, I, I can't even say it. And big long bridge, and I mean they so many locks on it, brother Linder that the bridge began to buckle. And people, when they put their locks on that bridge, they throw away the key and said, I don't even know where the key is. I don't want the key because I mean this lock to symbolize our love forever. And friend, that's what you need to do. You need to lock that thing down. Hey, man, don't, when somebody else flirts with you, you say, hey, I'm happily married. Hey, man, don't just say married. That don't mean much today. You gotta say happily married. Say, hey, man. Hey, man, thank God. I won't stay long here, but let me just say, if you wanna keep that fire stoked in your heart. hey man, You got to carry the wood in. And brother, he alluded to it earlier. But I'm going to tell you, we need to throw the wood in. Throw that wood of compassion. Throw that wood of love. Throw that wood. Of, you need to stir the fire once in a while. When he talking about spiritual fire, he says, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God, which is in thee. First Peter said, I'm going to remind you of some things to stir you up by way of remembrance. And second Peter, he said again, he said, I want to stir up your Pure minds by way of remembrance. It works that same way in spiritual relationship. It works that way in your literal relationship. If you want to stir them up, remind them of the day that you first met. I still got the white shirt, hey man, that I had on. I ain't gonna tell you where. Well, hey man, we, I'm gonna say this: you should meet your spouse in a good location. But I met mine in a bad location, all right? We, we are the out-of-the-box norm. Hey, man, Brother Randy, he knows all about it. He is with me. And uh, I remember going to that old car. I drove in five hours and a half, probably made it a lot quicker from Georgia. I just got off of duty, and, uh, man, I jumped in the truck. We were supposed to be on ready reaction force. We was fixing to get called up to go to Desert Storm. We were supposed to stay within a 50-mile radius. I was five and a half hours away. Amen. I was a little bit outside of the radius. And uh, it's, well, I think it's been so long they can't get me now anyway. So I, I remember coming home and I met Randy. And Randy said, we're going to go to VIP. I said, all right, let's go. And we went to the VIP lounge. And I happened to meet somebody who wasn't supposed to be there. And uh, I'll never forget when I saw her. Now she said, she told her girlfriend, and right there she is. Say amen, baby. Amen. She said when she saw me, she knew she was going to be the uh, my wife. Now I didn't have that in my mind. I wasn't going to do that, but I did buy her a rose. Hey man, I tried to use that old wicked, ungodly scheming. Hey man, I mean she's pretty. Hey man, she's pretty. Hallelujah. Can I? Get a witness. Hey man, she's pretty. And uh, still, I think she's got better with age. Hey man, that's the truth. And I remember seeing her then, brother uh, Greg. And she's different than any other girl. And uh, man, I didn't understand that. And um, I couldn't figure out what was going on with me. I, I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I, man, she's different than any other girl had ever treated me. And hey, man, she put something on. Me. She started loving me when I wasn't treating her good. She loved me when I didn't love her back. She loved me when I didn't deserve to be loved. God would later use that to save my soul. Just like Michelle loved you when you didn't treat her right, so I loved you when you did I didn't know that, but man, at the time, God was using that love how to get a hold of my heart, to grip my spirit, and brother, she finally broke me down. Hey man, Now, hey, amen, since I married her, she spent them years running after me. Now that I, I've been running after her ever since. Hey, amen. Thank God, hallelujah, that she didn't give up. I'm so glad that she didn't give up. She's a stirring the fire. She's a stoking of fire. So every once in a while, Brother Greg, I'll just pull out the shirt. I'll say, You remember this? And she'll say, Yeah, I remember that. And you had them black boots on. And I, I remember that. Hey man. I put it on the other day. A little tight, but I got her on. Hey, man, hallelujah! I ain't been in the military in a while, but buddy, I i, put, I wanted to stir her up by way of remembrance. You said, preacher, I wouldn't do that. Why not? If the Christian people, it was a sad. I got to read another day. They think in 2022 there's going to be more marriages than there's been since 1984. It's going to break records in this year. And you, I don't. But they, here's the here's the sad thing. Shacking up has went up 34 percent. Here's the sad thing, they expect the divorce rate to double. Friend, I'm trying to tell you see, if if people out there in the world's in love they don't even know the real Savior we need to stir up that love I'll tell you what Proverbs 5 says keep that, love, keep that love on fire if not there'll be strange people that'll try to steal your love I'll tell you what 1 Corinthians 7 says amen don't be concentrating on yourself but concentrating on her and her on you because that'll keep that fire stirred up I know I'm in a mixed congregation y'all say amen Amen. I, I believe God wants us to up that fire. Amen. 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 You got to keep that fire stirred up. You got to keep the Savior first. You got to keep short accounts on forgiveness. You got to keep your sight fixed. See, here's what I'm saying lastly. Here's what'll happen. If you don't watch it, I, I got a lock downstairs on that back door. The average person The average key is not that long. But it's got one final notch. It's a Yale lock. I don't know what the difference is. When we built houses, we put sledge. What's that other one? Yeah, quick set. Well, that's what we put. We never built no houses. You put Yale. I mean, that sounds fancy, don't it? But downstairs, we we got a lock on that door. It's called a Yale lock. Brother, brother, it's a little bit longer than the average key. It's got an extra notch on it. And when, when I was thinking about this message, I was thinking, Lord, that don't seem like everything. And he said, no, this, that one little notch, for some reason, is the lineup notch. That one notch and that, that extra length and that final notch lines up all the pins on that tumbler, or so I'm told, I don't. Here's the thing that lines all the rest of them up. Keep your eyes fixed. So, preacher, what do I need to keep my eyes fixed on? You need to keep your eyes fixed. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm sitting in the car waiting on Austin. He's getting in the car on Wednesday night. I'm watching these three birds. I, it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. These three birds. And, they, and there was two big crows and one little crow. And, and I don't know if y'all have noticed this. <laughs> it's like, have have... Maybe y'all have. I don't remember seeing any crows hit on the side of the road. I don't know. They got lookouts, you know. And you, you study them, you, you'd be amazed. They got lookouts. And, and most crows, and my, by the way, every time something comes, they say, car, car. No, I don't know. <laughs> Y'all say, hey, man. It yeah, sounds like that's what they're saying. Car coming, car. But I noticed these two big birds. I ain't never, I've never seen this. This beautiful, smaller crow. Let her feet, I found out later it was a female. She'd, it, it looked like, from what I could tell, this female was trying to, as soon as she set her feet, here comes this one, and then here comes this other one. And, and then she'd move over here, and this went on for 15 minutes. I mean, they was not giving her a rest else like they couldn't see nothing they, they, they weren't looking for food they, they weren't looking for what was going to happen next week all their eyes was fixed on having that spouse I wish to God, y'all remember how you was when you was chasing her, all you ladies ought to say amen, they wouldn't leave you alone they sent you cards, sent you flyers Bugged you on the phone, Talked to you all the time, I hope to God they feel convicted and they got to do it right now amen, amen, you are to still pursue her, he be keep your eye eyes fixed. Uh, you ought to not be looking at this girl, looking at that girl, and looking at this girl. Hey man, thank God for the girl, the lady, the woman, the godly person that God's allowed you to marry. And don't be well, have wandering eyes. Keep your eyes fixed on your spouse. Somebody say amen. I'm going to take Genesis 4 or Genesis 2 verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. There's all... <laughs> I mean, just think about it. He's naming all these animals. He named the fox, and I wish he'd stoned the mosquito. I don't understand why didn't Noah kill the mosquito. Amen. Amen. What good is a mosquito? They like the devil. They like to suck the blood out of his songbook. Amen. Hey man, hey man, I don't know why I don't like them. I don't like. I don't like them. But brother, I've, I've noticed something. I got to thinking how God set this thing up, how God has set everything in motion and God showed us how to keep some things fit, keep our eyes on the prize. They too should be one flesh. A little boy said one time, now wait a minute, preacher, are you saying that Adam got put to sleep and God took out a rib and made a woman? He said, that's what I'm saying. Whew. He said, what's wrong? He said, I think I'm fixing to give birth to a wife. He said, I got a pain in the side. Kids. First time he saw Eve, he said, whoa, man. Amen. And that's the way you ought to be to this day. You ought to see your, You ought to see your wife and you ought to say, whoa, man. God let me marry her. She knows you better than anybody knows. And you should say the same thing. You ought to say the same thing, ladies. Amen. Don't think for one minute watching them soap operas that them them guys' armpits don't stink. Trust me, they do. Say amen. Keep your heart on the Savior. Keep your eyes on your spouse. Keep your hand on the sword sword, and keep your home with some standards. Amen. Let let you love without dissimulation. You ought to keep your hand, amen, on the sword. Y'all remember this text? 2 Samuel 23, 10. It said that sword claved to his hand. You ought to keep your eyes on your your spouse. Amen. Amen. That Genesis, whoa, man. You ought to keep your hand and your heart upon the Savior. The Bible says cleave unto the Lord. It's the same word. It's keep your eyes fixed. Keep your hand fixed. Keep your heart fixed. Keep your home fixed. Don't change. Because there's going to be a day, Miss Victoria, you come. The devil's going to try to attack your home. You've got to make sure you keep that thing locked down. Got to make sure, Amen. Make sure, because it's happened down there at that building. Took the lock right now. That building's down there unsecure. Somebody, I don't know who it was. Probably me. I'll just go ahead and say probably me. Took the lock off and stuck it in the fellowship hall counter so I went by there one day door was open lock wasn't on it and I said man everything's gonna be gone we had just stocked it with food it right when we was loading all that stuff up for street ministry on Mondays I felt so convicted I said man I bet you every bit of it's gone I opened the door. And I can't say for sure, Brother Greg, but it looked like somebody put two more bags of stuffed animals while it was unsecure. My neglect had left it open. But God took my neglect. Instead of that blessing being gone, he filled it up with more goodies. I put the lock back on it. And I said, Lord, if you help me, I don't want to ever do anything to see my church hurt, see my family hurt, see my children hurt. And I'm not saying you've neglected. I'm not saying that you hadn't managed the placement of your key. I'm not saying that you've not oiled it up, kept it sheltered. Thank God for the church local church is a good sheltering place, amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. It'll be a good oiling. thank God. But I'm I'm going to be honest with you. If we be honest in the building this morning, we've neglected keeping things guarded, keeping things secure, keeping our... What do we put behind a padlock? What's precious to us? What's priceless to us? What's personal to us? And, And sometimes... People give us stuff to look after. It's not even ours, but it's been entrusted to us. I'm going to tell you, God's gave us some things that, we, hey, to be honest, we don't have a right to even call it ours, but he's entrusted it with us. These kids are a heritage of the Lord. If the Lord to help us, I want to keep that padlock on our relationship with the Lord. I want to keep that padlock on our relationship with each other. I want to keep that padlock on the relationship with my wife. That's all staying heads bowed and eyes closed.